Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. You know, you can open doors and you can change laws, which we had done, but but women were still stuck at that place. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to those of you who are regular listeners and a big warm welcome to our new listeners who have found us on the various platforms uh, that this show is out on. I was recently super thrilled to see that our show was listed uh, in the top three of the new year, new you list on npr.org. And uh, so that's awesome. Thank you to all you listeners who keep showing up and um, providing feedback and suggestions. I love it. So today we get to talk about leadership and power, two of my favorite topics. And we're talking to Gloria Felt, who's actually the former head of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. And this, she was in that role a, a long time ago now, actually, uh, when I was the head of a Uh, pro-choice women's health and rights uh, advocacy organization. And she was the head of Planned Parenthood Federation. And so it was nice to connect with her. She's also the co-founder and president of Take the Lead, whose mission reflects her life's passion for gender and racial equality to prepare, develop, inspire, and propel women to take their fair and equal share of leadership positions across all sectors by 2025. And she does this by providing training, mentoring, and coaching. And she uses her signature nine leadership power tools to advance your career program. And it's customized for women in early career, mid-career, and executive levels. So we had a great conversation. Uh, She's also the author of No Excuses, Nine Ways Women Can Change How We Think About Power. And she's currently at work on a book about the power of intention. So you can go to the show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash 239 show for all the links and information about this show, including her book recommendations. Uh, You can also continue the conversation, of course, with us in the Well Woman Life community group at wellwomanlife.com slash community. And if you haven't taken the quiz lately, I urge you to go do that. Um, You may have already taken it, but it's uh, wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. And you you can really take the quiz uh, on any challenge you're having. So you can do it multiple times on various challenges, uh, different times of your life, um, different times of the week, different times of the day, frankly. Um, And it really helps you check in with where your attention is and what you're accessing, like what resources and what power you're accessing. So wellwomanlife.com slash quiz for that. And of course, as always, we're thankful to the Well Woman Academy for support. And you can check that out at Well Woman Academy, uh, sorry, wellwomanlife.com slash academy. 
Okay, without further ado, I want to welcome you to this week's show with Gloria Felt. I'm speaking today with Gloria Felt. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. It's great to have you, Gloria. And I just want to start, you know, we heard your bio in the introduction. I, I want to start, though, by letting listeners hear a little bit more about you from your perspective. Who are you in the world today, Gloria? I think who I am in the world today really is uh, someone who wants to contribute everything I've learned over these many years of life and leadership and working for women's equality. Um, that I'm that I'm a person who's sharing all those things so that the next generations will continue that work. And um, actually, I'm not going to wait for the next generation because I personally am on a mission to have leadership gender parity in every sector by 2025 so that I can be alive to see it. Ah, I love that. Okay, <laughs> so it's a personal goal of yours as well. And so when you say uh, leadership parity, what exactly are you talking about and and like in what sectors and how are you tackling that? It's a hard thing to measure for sure. And so that's a very, very good question to start with. But when I think about it, I when I think about leadership gender parity, I think about equal pay for equal work, number one, equal positions more or less. You know, nothing has to be exactly 50-50, but there, there should be pretty much equality in position. And that means if you have equality in position and pay, you're going to have parity in power and in the agency that both men and women have to be able to live their lives without without undue limits on them so that everybody really has an equal opportunity to give their gifts to the world. Okay, so that's a great thing to be working on. I, I feel like I'm also working on that and, and a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of work going on in terms of leadership. What is needed in terms of gender equality in other areas of people's lives in order to have gender parity in leadership. In other words, you know, women are still the main caregivers and nurturers. And we have, in some senses, like two jobs, right? Because we go to work and then we come home and we are still taking care of the house and the kids and everything. Um, Not to say there aren't men and, and other partners who aren't doing some of that now, but in general. So what do you, how are you looking at that? And how does that come into your work? I think it actually starts with the family. And I, and I think parity starts with the family. So, uh, it, and, and it isn't a question of which comes first. It's that these things all need to happen at the same time. Whether it's, it's uh, I always say from the, from the bedroom to the boardroom, it's the same thing. The dynamics are exactly the same. You know, it's about who really has the power to, and I use that phrase very specifically, and we'll, we'll talk about that, who has the power to actually define what their roles are, um, how they're going to implement those roles, um, whether they have the the uh, c- capability to uh, to be able to essentially, I would say, negotiate equality uh, in, in the household as well as in the workplace, as well as in government and civic life. I really found, and, and in my book, No Excuses, Nine Weeks So Many Can Change How I Think About Power, that's actually what started me off. It's like, whoa, the dynamics are exactly the same. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. 
which part of our lives we're looking at. The dynamics are the same. And so if you have that agency, sometimes it has to do with policies, but most of the time it has to do with culture and with human relationships. Yeah. So how do you, uh, how do you address that in your work? Like how, where do you start? It's such a big, you know, circular (laughs) issue. Like you said, you have to, you know, you have to tackle it all at the same time. So how do you, um, how do you, uh, you know, start that work? So here, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory of, of why I wrote No Excuses, which ultimately turned into the organization, Take the Lead. It was kind of unintentional that that, that, that happened. But here's, here's what really happened. I, I was asked in, I guess it was 2008 at the moment when it seemed like we were going to have our first woman president the first time, if you can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> most of most of us go, oh yeah, remember that uh-huh. one. Yeah. So I was asked to write an article about women running for office. And the assumption was that with the likelihood at that point in time, early in 2008, that a woman would be at the top of a major party ticket for the first time, that women would be jumping in to run for office everywhere. Well, I quickly found out that the real story was women weren't running. And I think we can certainly thank uh, Donald Trump and some other things that are going on right now for the fact that more women are being motivated to run now, uh, 10 years later, 12 years later, but that was then. And I, as somebody who had been working for women's equality for decades already, I couldn't figure out what was going on. So the first thing I discovered was that the data was the same, whether you were talking about politics, workplace, or whatever, women were stuck at 18% of the top leadership positions across every single sector. It didn't matter which sector. And yes, we're shouldering the burden at home as well. I'm like, what? You know, you can open doors and you can change laws, which we had done, but, but women were still stuck at that place. What was happening? I discovered that it wasn't about needing more training. It wasn't, women were already getting 57% of the college degrees. It wasn't, you know, many of the things that people thought were the problem weren't the problem. The problem now was in our heads, was in our heads, and it was culturally learned negative attitudes or ambivalent attitudes about power, because the narrative of power in our history has always been about fighting over scarce resources. And there's a finite pie in I've And if I take a slice, there's less for you. And we have to, you know, we have to fight over that. And that's kind of how the male dominated culture has been built, right? Well, women rightfully don't like that kind of power because we have borne the brunt of the most negative aspects of it. So why would we want that? And so I wrote this book, being a very practical person, each chapter had this is part of the problem and this is what you do about it. And I called the what you do about it power tools. Well, shortly thereafter, people started asking me to teach workshops using these power tool concepts and the transition of power, the transformation of power. And I would tell, you know, and once I would ask women to shift their thinking about power from an oppressive, dominating kind of power, that's the power over you, to a generative, innovative, creative kind of power that's the power to make life better for your kids, your family, the world, uh, to achieve, to make make a business, to, you know, to whatever. 
I would see, it was like masks were falling off of their faces. And they would say, well, I want that kind of power. And so then we would talk about these leadership power tools, which are specific techniques and tools that you can use to thrive in the world as it is while changing it. Mm-hmm. Because some of the tools are about how you actually make change in, in the world. And then, um, then I added in a, a process by which each woman who goes through the course creates a strategic leadership action plan for herself so that it's not just learning something, it's actually committing to do something once you're done with the course. Well, I started seeing women have these incredible breakthroughs. And being fundamentally a movement builder, as you know, I got hooked quickly and uh, was persuaded that, you know, one person could do a lot, but if you have an organization behind you, you can do a lot more. Lo and behold, Take the Lead was born and we launched officially seven years ago in uh, 2014. Um, It was really amazing. We had partnered with Arizona State University where I teach a course on women, power, and leadership. And uh, they have a 3,000-seat auditorium that we filled. And we could have filled it twice. And we live-streamed it. As best we could tell, we had about half a million people on the live stream with no money to advertise it. All of a sudden, I realized we're like drinking from the fire hose that the world is ready for this. And we weren't quite ready to start delivering uh, at the level that the world was ready for. So, so since then, I've really been building out these courses. I've been training other people to do the training. We can, okay. uh, you know, we can deliver early career, mid career, executive level, and it's training, coaching, role models, and thought leadership because women need all four of those. Okay, so you shared a lot there, and I just want to ask a couple of follow ups here. And I really appreciated what you said about you know, really supporting women to, um, to make the change, not only in the mindset, but in the action while also operating within the systems that are oppressive themselves. And so this is a topic that we really go into a lot on the Well Woman Show, which is sort of like, how do you move strategies forward that are, um, that are moving for moving gender and race equity forward while also operating within that oppressive system and and without becoming an offender or an oppressive leader yourself, right? And so can you share a power tool uh, like related to that or, or do you just want to respond to that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to say that I, I, I looked at your, your website and I looked at all of your the things that you're doing and we are so perfectly aligned that uh, I, it just made me very happy because I think it takes it takes many of us out delivering these same kinds of messages. But that really is the key question. How do you make change when you're living in a world that is was designed by somebody else, right? Uh, so here's what I learned from the civil rights movement, because I'm kind of old now, you see. So I, 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 that's where I started out. <laughs> and what I learned is people working together can change anything, but you have to have people working together. And you have to do, so one of the power tools, which I will share then, is create a movement. And you can do this whether you're talking about creating a mini movement around yourself because you want to move forward in your career, or whether you're talking about changing a law, changing a workplace policy, or getting your husband to do the laundry. You can you can use these same principles for any of it. I so love it. Okay. Thing, the first thing is you have to find the other people who share your concerns. And even if it's just one other person who shares your concerns or your beliefs or your values, the thing that you want to make happen. So it's not 
generally a winning strategy to try doing it alone. You, you need to find your people some way or another. The second thing is, and this is hard, you have to have the courage to actually raise the issue, to put it out into the world, to have people talking about it. And that can create some controversy. But one of the other power tools is how to embrace controversy and use it in a productive manner because it gives you a platform, makes people talk about something that's important. So then the next thing is you have to put that those two pieces together. I call that sister and courage. You have to put sister and courage together with a strategic plan. Identify where the points of power are that you need to move. Do you need to talk to people? Do you need to uh, put an ad in the paper? Do you need to, you know, you mostly usually don't have to go out marching. Uh, It's usually more about mustering your facts and figuring out what are the levers that would get that person who can make the decision to change something. So it's, you know, find your people. Have the courage to put the issue out and then have a strategic plan to go get it done and execute on that. Okay, Gloria Feltz, I'm speaking with you here on the Well Woman Show and we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm so thankful for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind and spiritual inspiration for all. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfection, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your well woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. We're back on the Well Woman Show with Gloria Felt with Take the Lead. And Gloria, we're going into this segment called Superpowers for Success. I'm going to ask you a quick round of questions here. Um, the first question is, what does success in life mean for you? Well, the book I'm working on right now is called Intentioning, a word I made up to turn intention into a verb uh, because without action, nothing really happens. So I would say taking action, take a step, take a step forward. That's the that's the most important thing to me. Um, otherwise, you're just talking. Did you learn a lot of these power tools and and tips for success in life from obviously from your your life experience and and all of your you know knowledge and expertise? But you know, as the head of Planned Parenthood, all of those years ago, you probably developed that. Was that where you developed yourself as a leader? It was where I developed myself as a leader. I would not have seen myself as a leader. I would never have imagined myself as a leader. I literally got my first CEO position very serendipitously. And I, for some reason, said yes when it was offered, even though I had no idea what it meant or what to do. And I broke out in hives in sheer terror uh, daily for the first month. But 
I figured it out. And what I realized was actually, I kind of have the right brain set for it. I have the right, you know, I'm willing to accept almost any level of responsibility in order to have the ability to have a vision and try to get it to happen. So that turns out to be, I guess, my superpower. Uh, and and it, was, it can be sheer folly sometimes, but but that's that's what I really like to do and what I do best is like, you know, see something that can happen and put together the pieces that can make it happen. That to me is just the most fun thing in the whole world. So I did learn many of the power tools that I teach from my experience with Planned Parenthood, in particular, those that relate to how controversy can be a positive, not a negative, mm. how chaos is actually um, helpful in getting new ideas into the system. And so partly, you know, what you were asking earlier about how do you change a culture that you didn't create yourself and, you know, when you're when you're living in it and you're you're trying to change it, I mean, partly like a pandemic is very helpful right now because everybody can now see that flex time is okay. It works fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Working from home is fine. It works fine. It's, you know, it really, it can, you can have that flexibility. You can have a more flexible workplace and yeah. it, it really works. It's actually better in many respects. So chaos gets, lets new ideas into the system. And thirdly, one of the power tools is called wear the shirt. So I'll specifically tell you how I learned that one from Planned Parenthood. So I was, uh, I had, uh, I was the CEO of the Planned Parenthood affiliate in Arizona at the time, and we had a very tiny little clinic in a small rural town. There were three young women who worked there, and I was visiting with them one day. And one of them said to me, every day before we go home, we have to decide whether we take off the Planned Parenthood shirts we wear in the clinic and put on our regular street clothes, or whether we stay in this you know, in this shirt. And I said, you know, actually, that's probably the most important time to wear the shirt so that people know what your values are and people know what you care about in this world. And that concept for me, that metaphor of wearing the shirt, what is the value that you feel so strongly about that you would put it on your shirt for everybody in the world to see? Yeah. Um, how do you clarify those values? How do you have the courage then to stand up for them? Uh, right. That's probably the most important thing I learned from Planned Parenthood. And bringing all of that identity with you everywhere you go, right? Exactly. Not, not, not leaving it at the door. Okay, we uh, need to move through these other questions because uh, we're going to run out of time. When did you know, Gloria, that you were really good at what you do? <laughs> it just crept up on me. Honestly, it, it was, there was no one time. It was just, I think every time that I did make something, you know, I did, did have a, a plan and executed on it and it happened and it worked out, or even if it didn't, and I learned something important, I gradually began to exercise those muscles. And I think you have to exercise those muscles, just like you have to exercise physical muscles. Was there a time when you, uh, because a lot of times we get this external validation for being good at what we do, right? Um, and, and you've certainly had a lot of that. Was there a moment when you internally, just within yourself in a quiet place, just thought, I'm doing my thing, like this is it. I can't think of a specific time. I, I just really, for me, it has been more of a gradual, a gradual happening. Mm-hmm. And I probably learned more from the times that it didn't feel that way. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so that you can do all of this that you do in the world? I have to keep my energy high. And I do that by exercising every single day. I, uh, I, I walk 
usually three to five miles. I do Pilates several times a week. Uh, and I have another, since the pandemic, I've had another exercise program that I got from a friend that I, that I do several times a week. If I get up and I exercise in the morning, I've got the energy to do anything else that needs to be done that day. Okay. That's amazing. Cause walking three to five miles, even if you're a fast walker, you know, it takes time, right? And, it, and so you, you have to make that time. Gloria, you may have already addressed this, but what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Oh my gosh, my voice, my voice, the power of my voice. And I think for many women, it's a struggle to find the power of our voice because we have been silenced. My grandmother used to say, oh, Gloria, such a good child. You never know you have a child around. So I learned very early that being quiet was a good thing, right? I uh, it, it really was my voice. And, and, and I will give you a quick anecdote of exactly when I realized I needed to speak in my own voice, not somebody else's. So after I left Planned Parenthood, one of the first things that I had an opportunity to do is to write a book with the actress Kathleen Turner about her life and, and lessons. And I, we're great friends. I love her. We never, I mean, we just had a great time doing it. But what happened was we, our contract was 50-50. We're co-authors, everything. They were supposed to do the same media for me that they did for her. <laughs> right. You know, so we go to the publisher for the publicity meeting before the book, just before the book is released. And all of a sudden, these people who have been being lovely to me because I brought her in, brought her to the table, literally turned their backs to me, talked only to her. And it was in that moment that I realized that my pattern had been speaking for other people, other causes, but I had never been speaking for myself and using my own voice unfiltered. And that was just like... That was the moment. Yeah. And I've tried ever since. I'm still working on that. That's so powerful, Gloria. And thank you for sharing that because as the leader of a pretty big organization and a movement for so long, it's really important for women to hear that, that you don't just have to be speaking on behalf of an issue and an organization, but you can have your own voice. Okay. A couple quick questions before we run out of time. What advice would you give your younger self? Well, the advice I give to most young people who asked that question is just say yes. Just say yes to whatever presents itself. Give it a try because you never know where it might lead you. But the more I think about it, the more I think I would give the advice to myself to be more intentional about what I was saying yes to. I was lucky that the things I said yes to did lead me in a direction that it allowed me to make my life's passions into my life's work. And not everybody gets to do that. So I realize how lucky I am. But if I had thought about it, what would I have done? Would I have concentrated on the writing that I love to do so much and instead have more books to my credit? There, there are many options out there. So yeah. be more intentional about what I, what I did. Yeah. And you're, you're very focused on being intentional right now with your new book that you're writing. And I I love that you brought that up because in the well woman community, we talk a lot about saying no. Right. And so it's like, you know, say no so that you can say yes, something else. And I think women really benefit from support around setting boundaries and, and knowing when to say no and when to say yes. Gloria, do you identify as a feminist, an intersectional feminist, and what does that mean for you? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it means to me that that, um, and I think I started out saying something like this: that everybody in the world should have the opportunity to give their highest and best gifts to the world. We we should all be able to be whoever and whatever we want to be, and have the ability to to be for ourselves. We're all connected with each other. So to me, it's simple justice. If I had only two words. 
I would just call it simple justice. And how do you layer or include intersectional feminism so that Mm -hmm. it's not just white feminism, but it's really inclusive and uh, addressing some of the systems that Mm -hmm. really don't benefit Black, Indigenous, and women of color? I guess because I cut my teeth in the civil rights movement, I, to me, there's never been a separation. I, I found that I find that racism, sexism, homophobia, anti-Semitism, all of it is joined at the head. And you can't move one thing forward without moving all of it forward. I do. I have realized in this past year, uh, and I think we've all learned a lot from uh, the, the, the glaring racial injustices that, that finally our country is beginning to, to come to terms with, that you can't just, you have to make it explicit. And so at, at Take the Lead, for example, we, we now make it explicit in our mission that racial and gender equality are there together in our mission now. Uh, so make it explicit in every single thing you do. I'll give you another example. I, I, I have a, a colleague who has offered to do a a webinar for us on storytelling, which is her expertise. And I first said, oh, great, I'll interview you on a Zoom and we'll make it a webinar and we'll, you know, we'll, and then I got back to her and said, you know what, you're a white woman, I'm a white woman. We have some leadership ambassadors who are incredible women of color who are also storytelling experts. How about if I get one of them to interview you instead? And I I feel like it's really incumbent on all of us um, who have had that opportunity um, simply because of the privilege of being white to step aside, pass the mic, you know, use the opportunity. We all have those opportunities every day. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up as an example, because I think that's a great example of speaking up. And, you know, when you're invited to be on a panel, which I was recently, and I saw that there were no women of color on it, I pressed the producers to include that um, before publicizing the the event and, and so forth. And I think just, again, intentionality, like being really intentional about, um, about that need to, to, to speak up and do that. and And again, if I can say, we need to remember that principle of power and that it isn't a finite pie. And in fact, the more there is, the more there is. And if I help you and you help me, we both have more. So if we think about it that way, it becomes a lot easier to open up the table, broaden the table, make sure that we're bringing other people in. Okay, Gloria, uh, last question. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? I'm reading several things. I'm reading a book called Change about the different ways that you you can scientifically how change Mm -hmm. is made in systems. I just finished an interesting book called Real American by Julie Lithcott-Hames about growing up biracial in the U.S. and the challenges of that, which I thought was a very interesting book. Okay, good. We'll add that to our reading (laughs) list. You can find the links to the books that Gloria is reading at our show notes at wellwomanlife.com slash radio. And Gloria, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. I have loved talking with you, Giovanna, and I hope we stay in touch. I really love everything that you do. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week, so be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. 
I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.